powered by Sports Interaction. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Over Winnipeg. My name is Liz, one of your regular hosts. I'm joined by my good friend Ed today, and we're here to talk Jets versus Devils. So, Ed, how are you doing this evening? Uh, you know, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Doing okay after watching that game. How are, how are you doing? Um, probably a lot better than you. Um, with that, r- regards to how that game um ended and played out for our teams, Ed and I were talking just super briefly before this, and we're like, you know, we can both be self aware and acknowledge that this win means a little bit more to my team right now than it does to his team. Um, mm-hmm. but all in all, anytime that your team can pot six goals in a game, especially against a strong um opponent. Things are a lot of fun. Uh, so before we roll into things, we're going to play a quick video from our friends, and then we're going to just jump right into it. It's March Mania at Sports Interaction. NHL, NBA, March Madness, MLB, and so much more, it's bananas. Play Pinata Picks and Minute Madness, exclusive games with insane odds that you can't play anywhere else. Make your next bet with Sports Interaction. Download the app in Ontario using the QR code that you see at the bottom of my screen, or head to sportsinteraction.com slash sgpn to get started. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Wonderful. So um, now that we are ready to get chatting about this game, I think we can acknowledge that um, the Winnipeg Jets having their top players score a couple of goals uh, is really big for them right now. So being able to, you know, get them on the score sheet was really fantastic and they're trending in the right direction. Also wore their nicer jerseys today. I got my... Nikolai Ehlers heritage up on the wall here um, because we love these jerseys. We love that player. Um, but Ed, from the perspective of the New Jersey Devils tonight, what went wrong? Uh, man, it's a lot just went wrong with this game tonight for the Devils. They just did not look like they were in sync with anything. And full credit to the Jets. They did a very good job of basically kind of shutting down what makes the Devils so good. They're a very fast team they're very heavy with the transitions on the rush shots and Winnipeg basically clogged up any sort of chances to get those shots and even if they did get through Connor Hellebuck was well Connor Hellebuck tonight so uh also it's the end of a back-to-back which is luckily the last one for the Devils uh so that probably played into it as well but just Jets played really good they were playing desperate Devils are maybe playing a little bit more loose because you know they're in the playoffs Jets are not but uh, yeah, just just rough, just rough goings here. Totally, I I noticed this game like um this Winnipeg Jets team, uh, like any professional sports team, you you often see that they'll play to their opponents. So if you know um you're playing a really strong team, usually you can come out and have a pretty good performance. And on the other hand, if you're playing a weaker team, sometimes things look a little bit sloppier than you might want. Um, but tonight I thought that this looked like a good hockey game. Like you mentioned that um. Like, the, the Devils are strong off the rush, and the Jets were kind of, um, you know, not letting that happen as much today, which was something I noticed, too. Like, this is a very fast back-and-forth game, um, but I felt like a lot of chances were being prevented and stopped right between the blue line and the top of the circles there. I felt like that transition was being shut down by both teams today. Um, so, looking at, you know, I, I felt like it was a fun, dynamic game, but that shot counter was a little bit lower then I feel like it could have been based on how much controlled possession there was back and forth. Um, but a lot of times I, I, I saw that it didn't really generate into anything, into an actual shot or an actual chance, because uh, both teams, I think, were pretty good to, to break that up at their own blue line. So, um, like you said, Devils are um, coming off of back-to-back. Um, that's also what the Jets had with Detroit on Friday, also a team coming into town 
um, having played the previous evening. Um, but did you know that this is the first time that the New Jersey Devils have lost in Canada this year? Uh, I am aware of that, actually. Oh, really? Because I, I, uh, Bill Spalding was making very note of it. Well, you know, the Devils have not lost in Canada, and it would be a perfect sweep this year. And it's like, thanks, Bill. Bill decided to jinx it for us tonight. But That's we so own the rest of Canada, but we can't own Winnipeg, I guess. It's so funny. It's like, yeah, same. It's, it's giving the same vibes as like the San Jose Sharks having two wins in their last 16 games or whatever, and it was both were against the Winnipeg Jets. It's like, oh, you know, the New Jersey Devils undefeated in Canada, except to the known juggernaut, the Winnipeg Jets. But it is what it is, and it's a good, I'll call it an identity win, right? Like um, earlier on mm-hmm. um, in, in the season, things look a little bit different for teams. You know, it's not as urgent. Obviously, two points or two points at any time of the year, but they just feel a little bit sweeter right now. And knowing that you can pull off a performance like that um, against a team like the New Jersey Devils is super awesome and super good uh, for a team that needs that motivation right now. So Brady's in the chat. And for those of you who are in the chat, thank you so much for being here and for uh, watching live. Make sure you hit subscribe and like the stream while you're here. And for those of you who are listening back uh, later tonight or tomorrow morning, I hope you had just as much fun watching this game as I did. Um, But Brady says that it's hilarious what happens when the team does um, what the fans scream at them to do. So I think the Jets... To me, what I saw tonight that made them look a little bit better um, were similar things that I saw last game, um, where they just stopped galaxy braining everything. You put Nikolai Ehlers on the first power play unit, and you leave him there, and things look a little bit better. You put decent players together who like playing together, who are good together, and you give them some time to gel. Um, you know, I not that I loved the Shifley Connor Dubois line right out the gate, but. Um, they're creating with each other, which is great. And Ehlers likes playing with Nemesikov. Like there's some good combinations, um, there with those players and with, um, those lines and they they just stop overthinking everything. And I think, um, just kind of playing to their own strengths, which is, you know, moving that puck around and trying to generate some, some stronger chances and create a little bit of chaos in that front. Obviously that Niederreiter goal is perfect example of that where, um, when the puck bounces your way and you're able to get that, um, that turnover back, then make something out of it and finish those chances and play all the way through. Don't just throw one extra shot on net and then not let anything come from uh, um, Vidic tonight, who I thought looked a little bit leaky. Um, Did you notice that or is that common or am I just thinking things that are not real? So uh, the thing I just wanted to say with what you're saying is it's crazy when you put good players in good uh, on good lines, what they can do. So uh, um, no, I like Nikolai. I like Nikolai Ehlers a lot. Um, he is a, a fantasy God. He's always good in fantasy hockey. So I'm glad to see that he was playing well, if it was at the cost of the devils getting a little bit embarrassed here. Uh, but in terms of VTech, so VTech is definitely started to look a little bit shaky. I think that's coming down to the fact that this is the most he's ever played in the season. So I think he's starting to maybe feel a little bit of wear and the tear. He has a tendency, though, to start off shaky where he'll let in a goal. He'll look not ready. And then pretty much he'll make another save. He'll make a big save. And then he's kind of locked in for the rest of the game. It just kind of seems to be the trend. I think the Devils this year have 25 comeback wins. So he's let in that first goal, but then from there, the devils have been able to come back and he's looked really solid. Is it a little concerning going into the playoffs? Maybe a little bit, but if it's between VTech and Blackwood, I'm taking VTech 10 times out of 10 times. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, you know, it's the kind of thing where 
I, I feel like I use this disclaimer every single time I do an episode and I start talking about goalies because I don't, I would not say that goaltender analysis is a huge area of strength of mine, but I just did notice that there were a couple more um, rebounds and looser pucks in front um, than I'm used to seeing from um, certain teams because I always look for those and I always see them and get frustrated with them because the Jets are terrible at managing those secondary chances um, and so tonight I thought they did a better job um, but the chances were definitely available for them they didn't capitalize on everything or get a good uh, extra shot on everything and there are lots of times where they weren't where they were supposed to be in all those kinds of places but um, yeah I, I just felt like I noticed that I was like oh maybe this is um, you know me in my head or maybe it's a real thing but I think um, like you said Blackwood is not the solution for this team. So I think um, they have a decent chance uh, with, um, I keep forgetting, Vitek Vanacek. I, That's correct. Yes, the, it the is Vitek Vanacek. Um, and mm-hmm. that, I really like that pickup for them um, when they grabbed him because he was like tossed away by another, like Washington or something or who? Yeah. Where, and they just didn't want him, right? Yeah, Washington had Vitek Vanacek and uh, Ilya Samsonov. And right. they got rid of both of them. Yeah, that's and right. It was crazy because everyone was thinking, well, the Devils needed a goaltending switch up. I mean, they had seven goalies last year. John Gillies was getting regular starts for us. If you know where he is, I don't know where he is. Uh, And, you know, people thought, well, they need to go after like Darcy Kemper, Jack Campbell and Tom Fitzgerald basically went like, no, I'm going to get this this guy down here in Washington. Worked last time they did. They got Jonas Siegenthaler for basically nothing, and Jonas Siegenthaler has turned into a very good defenseman for the Devils. So uh, he's two to two with uh, trades with Washington. So, congrats to him because yeah, that was one thing. I and I knew all of these players played for the Devils, but I keep forgetting how freaking good this team is. They come up and they're like, oh, like Eric Hall does this, and I was like, oh right, and they're like Thomas Tatar, nice shot, and I was like, oh my gosh, like this team is freaking stacked, and um, mm-hmm. I definitely noticed their noticeable players tonight like obviously jack hughes is pretty easy to identify when he's on the ice it's a very very fun to watch player um mm-hmm. and makes the others who are around him fun to watch too not that they can't do that on their own he plays with great players as well of course but um did he have a regular performance tonight or is this just the kind of thing when you know i have guests on my show from out of market and they're like wow connor hellbuck played so well and i'm like really that was just normal to me um but jack hughes obviously it's hard when your team doesn't produce a ton on the actual score sheet but um i thought he looked like a lot of fun tonight you know a couple of small giveaways here and there but that's what happens when you play exciting hockey yeah i mean this is pretty much a typical game for jack he's constantly going to keep possession alive he refuses to dump the puck in uh, he was generating chances. He took shots. Yeah, this was pretty much a typical Jack game. Uh, so yeah, he looks fun to watch. But yeah, that's what he does. Basically, he just he skates around and he does he just does Jack stuff. Totally, and it, it's so funny. Like I, the Winnipeg Jets frustrate me, and they frustrate everybody, and every hockey team frustrates their fans and all that good stuff. But like, I'm at that stage of the year where it's like if the Jets go two days of the game, I'm like. I miss them. Like, come back. Like, hockey is so fun, and I love having fun watching hockey, and I definitely had fun in this game tonight. Obviously, um, seeing my players I needed to score, score um, adds to that, but it was just good, exciting hockey, like, all the way through. Um, But one of the most exciting parts to me um, was Morgan Barron's first ever career penalty shot uh, when she scored on. That was 
hilarious to me. Morgan Barron has been a player in the Winnipeg Jets bottom six who has been very good as of late when a lot of the other players have been struggling. He's been a pretty consistent uh, strong point for this team, uh, whether it be on the third or the fourth line. Um, I really liked what I've seen from him. He was on the fourth line again tonight. Uh, Not a ton of ice time or anything like that, but that penalty shot was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you rarely get to see that happen. So when it does, it's always kind of fun to see what's going to happen, especially when it's a guy that maybe you don't expect because I have the stats up here. That was his eighth goal of the year. So, like, obviously, he's not a prolific goal scorer for you totally. guys, but he came through. I mean, that was a big turning point. He VTech makes that save. It's still two nothing. Devils maybe get a little bit momentum, but he scores and now it's three nothing and Jets basically start running away with the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there were a couple moments of um, special teams tonight. I, I don't know if you have the game score or anything pulled up in front of you, but I feel like both teams, um, I think the Jets probably had a couple more power plays, but I also the Jets had like three or four power plays and, and um, the Devils mm-hmm. probably had half as many or whatnot. Um, but um, any thoughts on your team's special teams tonight? Take your pick, penalty killer, power play, and then we can sort of chat about that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Devils power play has been basically kind of middle of the road, which is, you know, it's a major improvement over last year. Uh, the one thing, I mean, it was hilarious. The Devils had three power plays. They score with like 14 seconds left. I and mean, I don't know if you know this, uh, they had not been shut out yet this year. And with that goal with 14 seconds left, they keep that record alive. They have gone. I did not games. know that. There are two teams left in the NHL. One is the Devils, and I believe the other one is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Have That's not been crazy. shut up this year. I didn't yeah. know that. Holy. So 14 seconds left. They they keep the streak alive. And, um, I mean, the power play is definitely, I think, struggling a little bit. Uh, one of the problems might be it's almost like we're too good. Uh, when I say that, it's like you have players like Jack, Brat, and Meyer who are all about possession, generating chances, and like kind of like being the play driver. But when you put all three of those guys on a power play together, it, they're almost like they're all fighting to be in the driver's seat, basically. And maybe then and then the other two have to figure out what their roles are. So the power play definitely looked a little bit shakier than maybe it has in the past. Uh, definitely passes were not hitting, um, but they generated the one chance at the end when they were desperate. So that's the one thing that I've always liked about this Devils team this year. They keep pushing. Even when they're down like this, they kept going like they could have just easily said, all right, whatever, we're just going to ice it, get out of this and just move on to the next game. Devils kept pushing. Nico gets his 31st of the year. Hughes gets his 50th. He's now up to 90 points left with six games. And uh, for Devils fans out there, he needs six points to tie the franchise records for points in a season. So we'll see if he can maybe uh, match that. And he'll be breaking his own records for years to come with that because mm-hmm. that, that's a fun player to watch. And it's actually really interesting that you say that because I feel like the Jets are almost a little bit of the opposite where they have a couple of guys who are really good role players on the power play. Um, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a great net front guy. Cal Connor is a great one-time shot from the side. Uh, Mark Shifley is great in the slot. And Josh Morrissey's a great point guy, all that, whatever. Um, so it makes it all the more frustrating when things don't work because it's like, on paper, this should be fantastic. And the Jets power play has definitely been something that's been improving over the last little bit. And a couple of people have been snarky in the chat saying, you know, crazy what happens when you finally give your best player a proper amount of ice time and first power play mm-hmm. unit best player being yours truly on the wall. 
Um, but I think having a couple of, you know, actual playmakers and whatnot on a power play unit could lead to things being really confusing and, and having being a little bit more chaotic because that was a thing for a while where Nikola Ehlers, um, sort of the, the talk about around him was that the reason he wasn't on the first power play unit was because he liked to dictate what happens on his own unit and that's hard to do, um, you can't let three guys dictate what happens in the power play. You need to kind of have your guy who controls. Um, so that was the conversation around him for a while. So if you have guys who are all kind of similar and like to make plays, they're not all on the same page. I feel like it could just make things a little bit more um, chaotic and not produce as much as it should. But um, I thought the Jets' power play tonight um, looked a little bit better. And I thought it was nice to have Josh Morrissey back at the point. Obviously, uh, missing last game, they put Neil Pionk up there, and everyone knows how I feel about Neil Pionk, so um, it was nice to see him back there. Um, And I didn't think they relied too heavily on him tonight, which is always nice. I struggle when teams um, utilize their top defender um, too much in the power play just because um, the more you cycle the puck up top, the less of those down low, higher danger chances you're going to come up with. Um, so the, the power play looked better. And just based on everything I'm seeing in the chat from the excitement from guys like Lucas and the quotes that um, Noah's pulling from the postgame presser, um, these guys are happy with the effort they saw across the board tonight and they feel as though things are getting better and they're peaking at the right time. So um, they, they're calling it um, a 60-minute effort tonight, which the Jets have been lacking in in a couple areas. I didn't love all of the second period, um, but you said the same thing for your team, and I'll say it for mine as well, where there, there wasn't a lot of give up uh, happening tonight. It was, you know, mm-hmm. playing all the way through. Like you said, not a ton of, you know, lazy clears or anything like that, and it just made it for a good, exciting hockey game. Yeah. I mean, listen, the Devils got pretty much handled, but, like, it was still fun to watch. Um, and you know, it's, you know, you take what you can from this and learn from it. Um, and you know, just get back on on Tuesday when we face the penguins. Yeah, absolutely. And Rick bonus, it looks like is actually saying that he didn't like that last power play. So it's good that he's kind of holding some of them accountable. And I, that's what I don't like is, you know, as soon as a player that hasn't been scoring in a while or hasn't been doing something in a while, does it once everyone's like, Oh, we'll stop talking about it. It's like, no, no, no. Like there's still some trends that we want to make sure we're correcting. Uh, so I'm glad mm-hmm. that they're still holding that power play unit a bit accountable. Um, but I got to ask, I'm going to put you on the spot um, before we start talking about some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Of the six Winnipeg Jets goals tonight, which one was your favorite? Which one was the most like fun? You're like, oh, that's a good goal. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to the most underrated U.S. forward in the game today, Mr. Kyle Connor. Uh, I love Kyle Connor. I think Kyle Connor is an amazing forward. I think he flies under the radar, maybe in a lot of regards. That goal he had was just like monster. It's just that one timer from the circle and she just nailed it home was just uh, I think that was that was his goal, right? Was that the goal? Okay, yeah, I just thought it was a good pass and just I like Kyle Connor a lot. So if I had to pick one of the uh, of those six goals, I'll, I'll take I'll take the one from the American boy. There you go. Uh, and that was his 30th of the year. So that's his fifth 30-goal uh, season with the Winnipeg Jets. So congrats to the boy on that one. It's really mm-hmm. funny. Cal Connor is such an interesting player to me because I feel as though within the Winnipeg Jets market, he is severely overrated. But then if you look outside at literally anything else, he does still feel a little bit underrated to me. It's like, so it's super, super weird where, so it's like you'll say Cal Connor's underrated and my brain goes, ah. but then I'm like, oh, well, actually like, Every time I see like people talking about like oh nationalists of like best wingers and stuff like that, he just doesn't even get some consideration in a lot of different people's areas, or he's just yeah like you said severely under the radar in a couple different areas. So definitely a unique player in that regard. Um, and I feel like someone like 
Blake Wheeler is kind of like the opposite, where it's like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, Blake Wheeler is like an elite winger, and then we're like, no, not really, and everyone kind of knows that he's on the decline. So it's interesting that you say that um, about Kyle Connor. Mm-hmm. I think uh, him scoring tonight was really good too because he's a player that's needed a little bit more, and I thought he was shooting a lot better tonight too, which is super exciting. I got to say my favorite goal of the evening is the Pierre-Luc Dubois down-on-one-knee one-timer um, to um, make that the six – was that the 6 nothing goal, I believe? And oh, That was 5 nothing. That was yeah, 5. Because – yeah, the sixth one was Ehlers. Oh, Ehlers, yes, yes, yes. And that one was beautiful as well, Ehlers' second goal. Um, hence mm-hmm. why I chose the jersey on the wall. It was, you know, he was playing well, of course, but the two-goal performance is just, it's awesome. But uh, the Pierre-Luc mm-hmm. Dubois one um, was great. And I also, obviously, that's my favorite player, so, I'll, you know, we can get that out of the way because that's always going to be a factor. But he also has the best goal song. Um, his goal song is Hey Baby, and the arena will sing it for like several minutes after it stops playing, and it's just it gets the crowd fired up, and it's a good time. So nice to see him get a home goal for the first time in a little while. Um, just so for, Just for my knowledge, the, the Jets do custom goal songs for their yes. players? Yes. Oh, that's do. awesome. Yeah, okay. it's super fun. So they have like their typical one that has no like lyrics or whatever. It's just like a do-do-do-do-do, whatever, that plays mm-hmm while like the horns going off and they start and they do like their cheer um and they go and they all shake hands and then they play a song and usually because sometimes you need a little bit of time to determine who actually scored the goal yeah. and whatnot but yeah they all have custom goal songs um i have a ton of opinions about goal songs because i personally don't think that the players should just pick their favorite song like Pierre like dubois obviously he doesn't go home and like shuffle spotify and his like favorite song hey baby comes on but it's like you pick a song that you like that's fun for the crowd um mm-hmm. If you had a goal song, Lippy, what do you think it would be? Uh, I would be the, I don't know the exact name of it, but it's the one that's like, you're the best around, no one ever's going to keep you down. Like, it's just like something like, I would do something like that, like saying like, because uh, I probably wouldn't score very often. <laughs> so like to hear something like that, like, oh yeah, I'm the best, whatever. And then like, I'm celebrating my first goal in like 30 games or something <laughs> like that. Uh, what about you? Um, I've always said, and then the Winnipeg Jets called up a player, um, that had this as their goal song. Um, mine would be Gimme Gimme by ABBA. I think that would be so fun. Um, and I think that's Kevin Stenland's goal song or something like that, which is super random. But, um, just for your knowledge, a couple of, um, ones on the Jets that I really like. And for those of you who are in the chat right now, let me know who your favorite goal song is. Um, Adam Lowry's is Sandstorm. Like, you know, you know, that like, it's such a meme song, like, <laughs> so I think Listen. that's hilarious. I'm a little bit of the older generation here. That was one of our songs at my prom, and I'll tell you, it went off when that song came on. <laughs> just, just, just gonna leave it at that. But that's yeah, no, so that's a funny. Great one. It's a great tune. It's a great tune. Um, mm-hmm. So that one's a lot of fun. Um, Mark Shifley's is the greatest show from like the Greatest Showman soundtrack, which I think is hilarious too. And it's like it's a fun. Um, and then Kyle Connors is um, Luke Combs. Oh, what's there's no stopping me once I get going. I don't remember what the song is called. Um, one Too Many by Luke Combs okay. and Brooks and Dunn, which is a fun one. And then Nate Schmitz is Mambo Number 5, so that's a classic that everyone really <laughs> likes. And then one of the first players to score all year with these new goal songs was Sam Gagne, who was unfortunately out for the rest of the season, but his is Mr. Brightside. So obviously a crowd pleaser every time <laughs> with that one. So a couple of good that's ones awesome. on the team, a couple not-so-good ones. Um Logan Stanley's is still Dre, so that's, like, the best thing that Logan Stanley has ever done. Um, that <laughs> one's a ton of fun, too. Don't think we've had a chance to hear that one this year. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of fun from those goal songs. Um, that's awesome. Brady really likes Wheelers, which is Hypnotize. 
I don't know why you get so fired up about that one, Brady. He really likes it. But, uh, oh, and it looks like Lucas likes it too. So maybe I'm just in the minority on not loving Hypnotize. But, I don't know. It's fun. They're they're all really good. But, um, so, obviously talked a little bit about the game tonight. But it's always fun to have out-of-market guests come on because we can talk a little bit about... Um, Sometimes I feel like every team is just so connected in so many ways. Like maybe you had a player that was traded between the two of them or you have like a common like shared enemy and like all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So having Lippy on here tonight, I wanted to talk a little bit about Timo Meyer. So obviously a lot of Jets fans um, know that on game overs um, in... February, you know, we'd be like, let's talk about the game. And you talk about the game for five minutes. And then you'd be like, oh, my God, this team needs to do something at the trade deadline. And then we would just talk about the trade deadline. Um, kind of like we're doing right now. Every time I go on the show, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this team needs to figure it out because this playoff wild card, whatever, is just too stressful for my liking right now. But mm-hmm. during all those conversations about the trade deadline and trade center and all that good stuff, a lot of Winnipeg Jets fans really wanted Timo Meyer, So that was the big sweepstakes of the year. Pretty much anyone who was a contender at that point who had a little bit of cap space was looking at that player, and obviously every fan base wanted him. But Libby, your team was the lucky one who ended up winning the sweepstakes. So tell us a little bit about what Timo Meyer has done for your team uh, since coming in at the beginning of March. Uh, I mean, Timo has just given us another weapon on a team that already was pretty deep. Um, you know, last night in Chicago, they ended up moving him down to the third one. And that was actually a pretty good move by Lindy Ruff because uh, as I mentioned, you know, he's a play driver. Jack is a play driver. So like the two of them were together, but they were kind of like conflicting with each other. When we moved him down to the third line, he was doing great because he was driving that line with, uh, I think he was with Tatar and Hala. And like, he's just been an injection of energy to this team. Uh, obviously, he has a really good shot, but the big thing, too, that he brings is that none of our younger guys really have is physicality. He is not afraid to go after people. He hits people, which is something the Devils do lack. I know that's the big thing people keep saying about the playoffs. Like, oh, the physicality is going to go up. I'm not too worried about it, but what Timo does, it's just been an ejection. And the fact is that he's under team control, so he's going to be on this team next season and probably for seven years after that. Yeah, that's definitely the, was the most exciting part about um, that trade. And that's why I loved it for the New Jer- Jersey Devils, a team who I love looking at like Dom Luce's like projections from the beginning of the year and they go zoop and they went straight up. Like obviously mm-hmm. people knew that this team was going to be good soon. Uh, I don't th- I think anyone thought it was going to be this soon. Um, so getting in a player like that, that's not just, a regular rental uh, to come in mm-hmm. and be part of your team as you go forward is really exciting. And like, I love commending good hockey moves and good hockey teams. Like it's a lot of fun, like, and especially a team like the New Jersey devils where I have no like bitterness towards, cause it's like, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, like they could do something well. And I'm like, but it's Toronto. So I don't want to congratulate them yeah. for anything. Um, <laughs> but I like the devils, like they're fun. Um, they've made some good moves. Like I love the Dougie Hamilton signing. I was at first, mm-hmm. I was kind of like, is that really, what this team needs. I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. Like, they're definitely good enough, and he's been a great part of that team when he's been healthy. And, you know, I love a yep. lot of the other moves that they made. Like, John Marino, I also adore. Um, I thought that was a super cool trade. I know Ty Smith, a lot of Devils fans like, I believe, so they were kind of upset with that one. Um, but just a lot of, like, again, some of those, like, the Tatars, the Hollas, and um, mm-hmm. different players like that. Um yeah, I think they're a super fun team, and it was fun to watch them tonight. And even in a game where they lost by five goals, um, or it would have mm-hmm. been six if it weren't for the last 15 seconds, um, yep. they were exciting, and it was super awesome to watch. Yeah, I mean, 
talking about that Marino trade, uh, a lot of fans were definitely very upset that Ty got traded because Ty and Jack were very good friends. They were roommates. And um, so people were like, oh, my God, how could we do that to Jack? And then when they saw who we were getting back, the Devils fans that knew went, oh, no, that's that's a total steal from Tom Fitzgerald. Like it was an absolutely masterclass of a great trade. And I give Tom full credit to for the trade deadline because he said before it, I don't believe in rentals. I believe in getting players that are going to be on this team long term. And his two moves were he got Timo Meyer and Curtis Lazar, who is signed for three more years after this at one million dollars. So he stuck to his word. Um, but I love Tom Fitzgerald as a GM, and he has not been afraid to kind of like put his hand on the table and be like, this is what we're doing and go for it with like the Dougie trade, the VTech trade, the Marino trade, uh, trading Zaka. Like he's, he's been very smart, very calculated, and he's just done a great job with basically turning this team that needed a rebuild of a rebuild. Yeah, no, totally. I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, we are running out of time on this Zoom call that I have here. So before I let you go, Lippy, I do want to um, just ask quickly, uh, obviously sitting second right now in the Metropolitan Division with, um, you know, if the playoffs were to start today, uh, facing the New York Rangers in the first round. Uh, However, the gap between the Devils and the uh, Hurricanes, barring any event tonight, I don't think the Hurricanes are playing or if they were, if they won, I don't know. Um, But sitting only a point behind them. Um, what do you think the next little bit looks like for the Devils, and what are you hoping to see as the ideal first-round matchup? Uh, ideal first-round matchup is it's playoffs, so I'll take it. I don't care who we play. I mean, Devils versus Rangers is going to be exciting. That's a big rivalry. Um, the last time we faced them was 2012, and as a Devils fan, that ended very well for us with one of the most iconic goals in franchise history, with one of the most iconic calls with uh, Henry It's over from the great Doc. Emmerich and um, I mean, listen, if we can get first place, awesome. You get maybe an easier matchup, but I think that wouldn't be the Islanders. So maybe I don't want to face the Islanders in the first round. Uh, Like I said, Devils were not expected to be where they are. We made the playoffs. So anything at this point is just gravy for us. Yeah, you got to beat everyone at some point. So the first mm-hmm. round, it'll be what it'll be. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how the next little bit goes. Obviously, um, for Jets fans, we're going to be keeping our eye pretty close on the West um, because that's, you know, the the first path to getting to that Stanley Cup. So um, mm-hmm. just looking at right now the out-of-town scoreboard, um, just as I'm saying this, it looks like uh, Lucic just tied it up. So um, the Flames are still locked with the Ducks. But I know for myself, um, watching the West is going to be very stressful. So for pure hockey fan entertainment purposes, I will be watching the East for some really fantastic playoff hockey. So I can't mm-hmm. wait. Um, just off the top of my head, looking at that Metropolitan Division, um, Carolina is a fun team as well. And uh, the Rangers... Um, I like a lot of the moves that they made, and I like that they made things a little bit more exciting for their team. So, um, but I'm probably pulling for the Devils just because of how freaking fun they are and how much of an. Even though they've been quite dominant this season, I still consider them to be a little bit more of an underdog because they're not the typical mm-hmm. Boston Tampa, um, you know, team and core that's been there before and and has a ton of success and whatnot. So it's gonna be really fun to watch. Um, but let me before I let you go. Where can our listeners who are here tonight find you? Um, what do you want to plug before we sign off? Yeah, I'll plug my TikTok. Uh, so basically, if you want to follow me, I make TikToks about whatever I want, mainly about devils and hockey. It's lippy.27. Uh, and I'm on Instagram, lippyhockey27 as well. So if you want to give me a follow, go right ahead. I, I make stuff about devils, beer league, being a parent, 
all that fun stuff. Awesome. Well, great. Thank you so much. Uh, Lippy and I have a uh, very exciting group chat that we're part of about um, hockey, TikTok, and, and fantasy hockey and all that good stuff. So that's where uh, we know each other from, and we'll definitely be chatting more uh, when our teams run into each other in the Stanley Cup final next month. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> absolutely. I'll have see you there. Have a fantastic rest of your evening for everyone who's in the chat right now. Thank you so much for being here. Make sure you hit that like button on your way out, and we will see you on Wednesday when the Jets do face off against... Lo and behold, the Calgary Flames. So that's going to be a ton of fun. A couple of fun wagers coming up um, with Peter and Audie, the Game Over Calgary hosts, and going to get some fun, um, you know, camaraderie going on there between our teams who both desperately need every win that they can eke out for the rest of the season. So thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday, and hopefully your coffee is the perfect temperature tomorrow and that your commute to work is seamless and your Monday is a little bit easier. So take care, everyone, and have a wonderful night. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.